Hey, good evening, man. You guys excited? Yeah. <laughs> Delayed response, but I'll take that as a positive. Okay, awesome. Josh, with your hat that way, I'm just letting you know the home I grew up in, I would have been in a gang because my mom thought everybody who wore their hat a little crooked was in a gang. If you wore backwards, you were in a gang. If you wore red, you were in a gang. If you wore blue, you were in a gang. But I could be a Raiders fan and not be in a gang. I don't know how that worked. It was awesome. It was awesome. But hey, um, good evening. My name is Scott. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. And I'm in recovery from sex addiction and compulsive overeating. Hey, I'm glad you guys are here tonight. If you're here for the first time, I'm so grateful that you made it because um, you're in the right place. Um, we know you're here because there's skid marks from the parking lot inside and we saw them and your shoes are still hot from just the friction on the ground, but we're glad you made it and you're in the right place. Um, the only thing we ask of you is sit back, relax, and enjoy yourself. Your, man, your mind may be uh, swimming around, but I know I did not come in these rooms on a winning streak, and I know you didn't either. And uh, just grateful that you're here. Um, tonight, we're talking about step 11. Step 11, that's, uh, you're new to the program, what about the first 10 steps? Why am I starting on step 11? Don't worry, we'll get back to it, but we are on step 11 and talking about time with Jesus. And that is a tough topic. Um, but basically, uh, let me share this. Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. Yes. Right? It's about a relationship with God. It's about a relationship with Jesus. It's about a relationship with our higher power, which we claim as Jesus Christ. And that's huge. And so we don't want to make this too confusing, too uh, rough. Some people just come straight um, into uh, recovery. They've never been exposed to the church before, so they may not know how to do a relationship with God. It's a relationship with God in a healthy way. And so if I can boil it down tonight, it's basically saying learn to have a relationship with him. It's building intimacy with Jesus. That's what it's about. Um, I can make it really, really confusing. And I can give a lot of different things. Um, Martin Luther was asked, why do you spend four hours every day praying and reading your Bible? How do you have enough time to do that? And he said, how can I not spend four hours every day praying and reading the Bible? How do, you, how do you have time to do God's work without that? I'm not saying you gotta spend four hours with Jesus. You don't have to. Tonight, we're gonna teach you a process, a method that may help you, that may be a benefit for you. Um, we'll try to sum it up in some basic principles, but this is a lesson that Pastor Scott Miller uh, my predecessor, what he taught. And so I just want to be able to lay that out for you uh, tonight in a simplistic way. I do some of these things, but I don't do it necessarily in the same order that he has it laid out. But tonight I'm trying to honor him and teach his lesson, which is called Spartzla. And so we're going through that a little bit tonight. John chapter 17, verse 3 uh, I know up there you've got John 10, but let's go John 17, three says this. Now this is eternal life, that we may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ 
whom you have sent. It's about knowing God. I relate it to things on earth because you're like, how do you know God? It's like knowing that person that you dated. It's like knowing your girlfriend, knowing your boyfriend, knowing that person that you want to know and get to know. It's taking that time to know their likes and dislikes, being with them, listening to them, hearing them out, all those kinds of stuff. Step 11 principle says this, or step, we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. That's the step that we're on, step 11. Tonight's principle and, uh, is this, it's step 11 principle, and it's about seeking and surrendering. It's about seeking God and surrendering to God. It's about seeking his will and surrendering our will to him. And that is difficult. Now, if you've been around a while or you're familiar with the steps, you can go to back to steps two and three, and it's very similar, right? It's about turning our life and our will over to the care of God. We do that now on a daily basis through step 11 by surrendering our will to him and seeking after him. Seeking and surrendering is the process. Any person who has reached this step sets aside a daily time to seek and then finds him, to seek God and then finds him to be more wonderful than he had ever imagined. When we take that time, we do that. Step 11 method is this. Warren Wordsby says this. Methods are many. Principles are few. Methods always change. Principles never do. And so the first thing before you start this step is take a step back and go, what do you need to be prepared? I was never prepared in school. I always had to borrow a pencil or a pen or a piece of paper. Yeah, I was that guy. Went to class, I had one class with my wife and um, she didn't let me borrow anything. And when we took quizzes, that is how she took the quiz. She wouldn't let me cheat, man. Kept it off my inventory, it's great. Um, I still passed the class though, come on. Um, But here's the deal, you need to prep. So first of all, find a quiet place. I got four kids in my house and a wife, two dogs, My house may not always be quiet. You need to find a quiet place. Sometimes I go for walks, and on those walks I find it quiet. You may need to do something like that. You may need to find a place. I have the blessing of having an office here. A lot of times I go in my office and I get quiet. Quiet before God. Do my time studying and praying and spending time with him. So find a quiet place. Next thing is get comfortable. Be comfortable. Don't be in some weird position or uncomfortable place. Be somewhere comfortable. Get a hammock, string it up in your backyard when it's a little nice outside. Relax in that, swing back and forth, chillax, have your stuff ready. Be ready, be comfortable. Not too comfortable or we call it Napsio Divina, but that's fine. <laughs> but you wanna be in a comfortable place. A few things you need with you when you have a quiet and comfortable place One is a Bible. You need a Bible. And nowadays, we have those on our phone, and I think those are great for us reading and doing things like that and doing devotionals on there, and they're really cool. I would suggest when we're doing this aspect 
that you get actually a paper Bible, it just may help you a little bit more. You can do it the other way. It just helps me out a little bit more. You can highlight it, reflect on it a little bit better, but have a Bible with you. Uh, whatever version you want, utilize, do that kind of stuff. ESV is the best. Um, the next one is bring your journal. Yes, I said journal. I hate journaling. I don't like journaling. It stinks. I do it, and I'm not consistent on it, but when I do journal, it is awesome. I struggle with it. Scott Miller journals every single day and does his stuff every single day, and I see the growth that's in him, but man, if you're like me, you forget things. And if you're gonna sit down and you're going to spend time with Jesus and he's gonna tell you things, would you not want a place to write those things down? Just a thought. We actually have journals for sale out there at our book. We bought those because, listen, if you don't have a journal, go get one tonight. If you don't have the money for these journals, guess what? Go to the dollar store. They have these composition books. It's a buck. Get a composition book. Have something Write it down. So you need that, that Bible, right? You need that journal. You need a pencil or a pen. I would suggest pen because you need something a little bit permanent to write it down. Whew. You got that, you're ready. If you need a cup of coffee, get a cup of coffee. A lot of people love that nice warm cup of coffee with the perfect amount of cream in it and a perfect amount of sweetener if you do that, or if you're a man like uh, Clint Eastwood, you do a straight up black shot. That's all you do. <laughs> Just give it to me black. All right. Awesome. Black like your soul. What in the world is happening? But we want, get your coffee, sit down, relax, hang out, spend time, get prepped. When all that is ready, it may take a little bit for your brain to calm down and distractions to leave you alone. I'm a little ADHD, I'm a little whatever, I have time, sometimes hard time focusing, and so it takes me sometimes a little while for that, all the other thoughts in my brain to settle down, calm down. And so settle down, calm down, get ready, be peaceful, be ready, you're dialed in. And here's what you're gonna start with, surrender. The S in Spartzla is surrender. That's the first thing, to humble ourselves before God to surrender all these things that we have in our life, all the stuff that we're trying to control, all the issues we got going on, surrender. Start off right there, surrender, boom. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Romans 12, one. That you would offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God. You would be at a place where you would say, God, do with me as you will. Not as I will, but as you will. I'm gonna surrender everything, all the desires, all the wants I have, and I'm gonna give it to you, and I want you to do with me as you will. That we would surrender our life to him. And that's tough, because when we wake up, if you're like me, you've got your schedule, and you've got your appointments you already have, and it's hard to surrender all that stuff, all your plans, all your stuff for the day to him. John Byron was a pastor here for years and he would have his agenda and he would always say, you know, they're just pleasant interruptions if something, somebody comes into their office. I sometimes get annoyed. I'm like, dude, why are you bothering me? Leave me alone. Hey, can I meet with you real quick? No, you can't. I'm a, don't you know I have my plans? But it's that process of surrendering my plans to God. Because I got a tight thing. I got, I got work, I got all this kind of stuff. Three o'clock I leave, I go to football or wrestling and then at, at five or six, I'm done, and I got family stuff, and how dare you call me 
and tried to talk to me and when I'm doing one of these things. It's inconvenient. But we have to surrender all those things to God. Our plans, all that stuff. Surrender all those things. The next is praise. The P is, in Spartzla is praise. That we would praise God. Take time to sit there and thank him. Now, for some that are newer to their faith, that don't read a lot, um, I know that a lot of times people come into recovery and I hear, hey, I don't read. Awesome. Well, there's the Bible app and it'll read it for you and you can have, them have the Bible app read it for you. I think you learn more as you read and you get more familiar with it. It's better for you. But if you're at that place, the beginning place, just have it read it for you. Now, some, some people love, Scott Miller does a lot of scripture. When I first started studying and I started learning how to uh, study the word of God, I knew, hey, I gotta get through the Bible in a year and I'm gonna study the Bible in a year. I'm gonna read three chapters a day. If I read three chapters a day, I'm done in a year. I got it dialed in. I would read a New Testament passage. I would read an Old Testament passage and I would read one of the Psalms or Proverbs. That's how I made it through the Bible in a year. That's how I did it. And then I would bring out my concordance and any questions I had, I would read the concordance to me. You're like, concordance, what is that? I know, it actually tells you, translates it into Greek, all that kind of stuff. And then I had another book that would actually give me uh, different things like the traditions of that day and age. So it would put it back into that time and say, hey, this is what they're referring to. When it says that, um, you know, they're unworthy to tie Jesus' uh, uh, shoes, what does that mean? Well, they didn't have sneakers like we do, right? So what does that mean? The sandals that he wore, all that kind of stuff, laid out there, draw pictures for you, all that kind of stuff. It was awesome. Now, I don't do that anymore. I don't sit down and read three chapters a day. That can be overwhelming. But we're gonna take time to praise God, and so what I would encourage you to do, take time to do that. Some of you can put on a worship song and sing a song. Heard a great song today in a meeting, uh, Humble Thyself in the Sight of the Lord. Others may, like Scott does, read a passage out of the book of Psalm. He reads a psalm a day. And uh, the verse I have up there is Psalm 103, two through five, and it says this. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, for who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies all your desires with good things so that your, your youth is renewed like eagles. And what a great passage, that we would give praise to him. For me, one of the most impactful psalms in my life was Psalm 139. I'm gonna reference it a little bit later, but it starts off, and I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but it says this, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path, and my, my lying down, and you are, are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is in my tongue, is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. That is crazy because there's not a lot of time for my thinking to speaking sometimes. You can ask my friends, it just flies, it just goes, just, yeah, and God knows it. And it goes on a little bit more, and it says, where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shale, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. And there was times in my life I was so stinking lonely, 
I did not know what to do with myself. I was 3,000 miles away from my family, not too many friends. Back then, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have FaceTime. We didn't have that kind of stuff. Remember those things called calling cards? <laughs> you used to have to get a calling card. I had only so many minutes to call home to the people that I was running from, which was my parents, but those were the only people I could talk to. And so I'm calling home to talk to mom and dad and just hurt and alone. And this is one of the passages that gave me great comfort, the fact that God is wherever I'm at and that I am not alone, that he is with me and I give praise for that. So you read through the book of Psalms and you read a a book of Psalms a day. Now some of them are pretty short, some of them are really long, like Psalm 119 and that one you may wanna break it up into a few different passages, into a few different days and that's okay, you can do that. But we surrender, we praise God and then we get to the A and that is admit. This is basically the 10th step so it dials in your 10th step spot that you're gonna admit. You're gonna admit the things that maybe you did wrong the day before. Confess. Those are huge. Huge, huge, huge. And uh, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Again, that's out of Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. That, we would, that God would search us and know us and know our hearts, know our anxiety. We start praying about our defects of character, releasing those over to God. Each day when we wake up, there's maybe a little bit different things that are going on, you know, the anxiety the stress. Sometimes we're just, we wake up and we're angry. Sometimes we wake up and we're just feeling a little bit too good about ourselves and pride slips in. And we need to release those things to God. And we need to admit those things. We need to get back to that surrender aspect and let God be the one that leads us. Very simple. Doesn't take too long to do that. So right now we're surrendering. Doesn't take long. Maybe reading the passage of scripture takes a few minutes. And then you're getting on to admit and you're, you're confessing those things. It may take a little while to think about them, but ultimately, as you do this more and more and it becomes a pattern in your life, it helps you. It allows you to get through that. And then you get to the R, which is request. To request. This is prayer. This is a time of requesting from God the things that you want. Um... Now, there's an acronym for prayer. Um, I, there's a couple different acronyms out there. I have one that's called ACTS that I've used for years. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, supplication. Um, so, obviously, I was a little quick on my typing on that one. Sorry about that. Um, but here's the deal, is it, it's that, it makes it that simple, it's acts. But when we come to that place and we start to ask God, sometimes we think we're a little selfish. It feels selfish at times to ask God for things. There we go, what, what? thank you for fixing it. But we get to that point and, and there's a passage out of Matthew chapter seven, verse seven, and this is what it says. Ask and I will give it to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. It's not wrong to ask for those things. Scott refers to the fact that he used to pray for a Porsche all the time. God never gave him a Porsche. 
I pray that the Raiders win all the time. That doesn't always happen, believe it or not. I know, it's rough, but here's the deal. At some point, the more you start to spend time with God and you have a better relationship with him, your requests start to change. Your requests aren't so selfish. They change and they start to focus on other people. They start to focus on even things that are more spiritual side of things. They're not so much about those things that, that, that just wither away. I pray regularly. One of the big stressors in my life is my cars. My car, I at least have one car in the shop like every week. I think we're on a week and a half with no car in the shop, but I'm knocking on wood. I'm praying, God, keep the cars out of the shop. And so far, he's doing those things right now. But it's that time of us praying and asking and doing those things. And God gives you those, those desires of your heart according to his will. And it's not, you know, if we have a relationship with God and it's a pros, cons thing, is if I do enough right things, then God will bless me. That's the wrong way to think about it. Because it's not about performance with God. It's about a relationship with God. You know, there's even a passage, you know, out of scripture, I think in Matthew, that it talks about, you know, uh, does a father give his son a snake? Like, no, he doesn't. He gives him the things that he's requesting. And our father wants to bless us and wants to pour favor out upon us. And so he will give us things. Now, that doesn't mean we're gonna, I'm not getting into prosperity stuff or anything like that. I'm just saying that your God loves you and he's your father and it's okay to ask and request things of him. So we get past requests and we get past those asks and we get to an aspect of thanksgiving. First Thessalonians uh, chapter five, verse 18 says this, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I was talking to a pastor yesterday in his office and we were talking about this very same thing. And he's like, Scott, sometimes my eyes get focused on myself and I'm unable to give thanks. But really, what he's feeling convicted about is that he would take time to focus and to give thanks, even in the down times of his life. And for this pastor, I understand it. He just lost his wife. And so he's praying because right now, he, how does he find gratitude when the fact that his, his wife passed away? Those moments of grief the mourning that happens. And yet, God calls us to give thanks. One of the things that our, de- our department is, so me and Ben and, and Beth, uh, we're in the recovering counseling department. Uh, one of the things we've been doing is we've been sending a thanks, so, something that we're grateful for every single day to each other. And sometimes I forget. Oh, how do I do that? But it's such a great reminder to take time out and just say, I'm thankful for this even if it is for small things. And then there's times when, man, there's just this huge thank that comes through that you're just like, wow, where did that come from? But that we would give thanks. Then we get to the S, which is scripture. That we would take time to read scripture. Now, I know we've already read a chapter out of Psalms. I get that. But now we're gonna take time to read scripture. That means we're gonna sit down 
And we're gonna focus on it. Now, Pastor Scott Miller, he does a chapter out of the Old Testament, chapter out of the New Testament. That's what I used to do. Now I take portions of scripture. I don't read the full chapter. I'll take a portion of scripture and I'll sit with that portion of scripture for quite a while. Sometimes it's five verses. Sometimes it's 10 verses. Sometimes it's 20. But I take a portion of scripture and I focus on it and I read it. Now, scripture, an acronym I have, hopefully that whole acronym's up there. I'm gonna embarrass myself twice. It'll be awesome. Uh, is this, is I like to think of, of becoming clean and using soap. And so it's scripture, observation, application, and prayer. And we've already covered the prayer aspect. We've already covered, you know, some of those things. But um, it's scripture, observation, application, prayer. We're gonna cover the, the application a little bit later. Um, but that we would do those things. And so when we read scripture, we take that, whatever it is that we're gonna read, and it doesn't matter where you start. It's not like a regular book where you start on the page one and you just start reading two, three, four, five. It's not like that. You can do that. I think it's not bad that you do that, but you can pick a different chapter out of the book. You can pick a different book of the Bible and you can start reading it. Pick your portion, whatever that is, and start to read it. But when you read it, you wanna look for that word that's gonna jump off the page at you and you're gonna, t- you're gonna look for that phrase that jumps off the page at you. You're gonna say, what is God trying to talk to me today? What is something that's jumping off the page at me today? So when I sit down and I read, so in um, 2 Timothy chapter three, verse 16, it says this, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Great passage of scripture. So if I was doing that with that passage of scripture, I would take a step back and I would read it and I would just sit with it for a little bit and read it again and I would just sit with it. And then is there a word or a phrase that's gonna jump off the page at me? Usually it's with the larger passage of scripture that I do that with. So you're looking at five, six, seven verses that you're doing that with. But you just go, what's the word or phrase? And you write that down in your journal. You got the journal there. So you write that down. And you write every word or every phrase that jumps off the page. Sometimes there's one or two words. Sometimes there's lots of words. But you just take that time, just take a step back and write it out. Let God speak to you. Let God speak to you. Now, that takes this next step, which is listen. One of the best things that happened to me in recovery was this aspect of listening. See, because when I would study scripture, it was about a religion for me growing up, and it was about knowing the word of God, knowledge-wise, not heart-wise. And so I would sit down, and I would diagram things. I would do all that kind of stuff. I'd look what the Greek word is. What is it used in this other thing? And uh, blah, 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 blah. And man, I could just lay it out. But it's not what I do now, because I had to change. Because for me, that, that got me set in a different thing. It got me set in pride and knowledge and all that kind of stuff. And I had to say... I need to listen. That was me working, 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 working. I had to take a step back and listen. Recovery, when I walked into the rooms, I was used to talking. I love talking. You guys know I love talking. I keep talking up here and talk, 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 (laughs) right? As Brian Ringen would say, the me monster comes out. Me, 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 right? All that kind of stuff. But when I only have three to five minutes to talk, that's 55 minutes I have to listen. And that was one of the best things that ever happened to me. 55 minutes of listening to other people and me setting myself aside and listen to the things that they are sharing. Now, sometimes you guys share some pretty crazy stuff. 
but I take what I want and I leave the rest. I listen, and the same principle goes with God, that I would read scripture and I would listen. And inside of us, we have uh, three different voices that we may hear. Some, we have our own voice that's there. It talks, it's there. We hear our own voice say things, right? Leading us down whatever path it's leading us. And then there's usually that path that, that maybe let us, uh, a voice that maybe say, hey, go back to your addiction. Hey, go control. Hey, go do this. Hey, go do that. Hey, do this. Lead us down a path that's not healthy. And that would more be a demonic voice that would be in there. I'm not saying you're demon possessed. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying it's more of that demonic voice that's there, unhealthy voice. And then there's the voice of the Holy Spirit. If you've been a believer in Jesus Christ, there's that Holy Spirit inside of you that's gonna speak. Now, I'm not saying it's gonna sound like this. Scott, what are you doing? That's not what it's gonna sound like. First of all, if this is what the voice in your head sounds like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) But um, here's the thing. I don't know what that voice sounds like, but there's a still, small voice, a quiet voice of the Holy Spirit that will speak to you. And that you would be quiet enough and still enough and at a place where there's enough peace in your life that you'd be able to hear it. You'd be able to hear that word jump off the page. You'd be able to hear that phrase jump off that page and you'd be able to hear it and be able to write it down. I've had people come in my office and they say, I've never heard God speak. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not standing up here saying you're doing it wrong, but you may be doing it wrong. So... If that's something that really concerns you, I would love to meet and talk with you about that. I'd love to sit down with you. I'd love to help you walk through that. I've done that in my own life. It's one of the greatest things. Right across that hallway in the altar room where our first time guests are gonna go, I started going to a group once a week and we would sit there and we'd listen to scripture. I had to listen and hear that still small voice and hear the words jump off the page. And when I was able to finally do that, Scripture became alive. It's awesome. We write those things down because we listen. I have called you friends, John chapter 15, verse 15 says, God is speaking. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this reason I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me, that we would listen to him. His sheep know his voice that we would be able to hear and know what is going on from God, that you guys would be able to hear that and know the direction that he's sending us, the direction that he's guiding us. God is speaking, are you listening? Have you ever dated somebody and not ever listened to them or wait, they never listened to you? They always kept, yeah, it's not fun. God's speaking And he speaks to us through worship. He he speaks to us through other people. He speaks to us through the scriptures. Take time to step back and listen. Take time to step back and listen to those things. And then we get to the A, which is application. That you would be able to figure out how do I apply this to my life and basically ask yourself this. What does God want me to do with this today? What is God asking you to do with the passage of scripture you just went through today. How do, does God want me to live that out? Watch for how it applies, or for how it applies. Watch for how it applies. I'm from the south on that one. That is awesome. But hey, it's all about this. It's about sparks. It's about surrendering. 
It's about praising God. It's about admitting things. It's about the R, which is, I gotta look it up again now. It's about request. It's about thanksgiving. It's about scripture and it's about listening. It's about taking time and application. It's about taking time to do those things. That can take five minutes. That can take 10 minutes. Usually takes about half hour to an hour. But just start small and work your way up and start to grow and mature in your walk with the Lord. If you need help with knowing what that looks like, I'd love to meet with you, talk with you. We have bookmarks out at the bookstore that you guys can grab that will help you put in your Bible to help you understand it a little bit more rather than that piece of paper that's out there. But to sit back and study the word of God and apply it to your life is one of the life-changing things that will happen to you. So let's stand, let's close our time with the serenity prayer and then we'll head off to open share group. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Amen.